Hey everyone, welcome back to Pouring Out. We Last week we finished our series on Daniel, and we are now jumping into a 10-week-long series on Abraham. Uh, Joseph and I are very excited about that. Uh, just, just ready to dive into something new for once. We, we were joking the last episode. We talked about Daniel for three months. It just, it got, it was, it was taxing. You know, it was draining. It's a, it's a difficult study to do. And, uh, but, but you know, it was insightful. It was great. We learned a lot, and we're hoping to do the exact same with Abraham. Uh, so I'm your host Stuart Butler, and I'm joined once again by everybody's favorite co-host Joseph Salo. <laughs> hey, I'm Joseph. It's great to be here. It's great to to uh, to have finished Daniel. I love Daniel. Great to have finished Daniel. Great to be moving on to Abraham. Um, and we are joined today by our good friend Condi Richardson. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, I'm Condi Richardson, and I'm the pastor of uh, Fountain Inn First Baptist Church in Fountain Inn, South Carolina, which is is in the Upstate. It's at the top of the state. And uh, Stewart, I live. Five doors down from you. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. I've gotten to know you and your family through the church since uh, since you made the move. Uh, but I, uh, I appreciate y'all asking me to be a part of this. And uh, Genesis is one of my favorite books. I, I love to read it. I love to teach it. I love to preach it. And uh, if I were to say, hey, who, who are some characters? I, I just want to preach these characters. They're names that immediately pop up but abraham would be one of them i i've I've loved preaching the life of abraham and uh and and we get right into it in in genesis chapter 12 um you know he's he's barely introduced before we (laughs) before we jump just jump headfirst into it yeah for sure for sure and i you know uh early early on when i was in seminary i learned genesis is really split into two into two parts you've got genesis 1 through 11 and you've got Genesis 12 through 50, and uh, right right here at this point, man, we kick it off, and we go into the life of the uh, of the patriarchs. So just fascinating, fascinating stuff. Absolutely. I always said that Abraham, like if I could make a movie about any Bible character, Abraham would be my second pick. <laughs> like it's just such sure. a... Elijah, the prophet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but Abraham would be, I mean, like it's it's such a great story. I mean, like just, you know... It's 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 inspiring. It's motivational. You can learn so much, and it it truly is like a storybook story. You know what I mean? Like it's it it plays out with that classic. You know, we're gonna get into the beginning of it today, right? But the call to adventure, the traveling to distant lands. You know what I mean? The the meeting new people and f- cities being destroyed by fire, right? <laughs> like like everything cool that you would want to see in a in an adventure oh. film, you're gonna get in the book of a- in in the story of Abraham. Okay, first of all, though, uh, I gotta add a tap. You missed a few things there. Oh no, I know I did. I don't want right. to spoil anything. You know, I... you want to spoil? That's fair. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, in case, in case you somehow you have not ever read the the story of Abraham in the Bible, we will not spoil it for you. We will we will uh, go chapter by chapter, so it's not spoiled. But if you want spoilers, it's all in a book. It's called the Bible. You can uh, you can read it there anytime, and that will uh, yeah. We will never discourage you from reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that's interesting right off the bat that I've always loved about this story um, is like God is super duper unspecific. Yeah. To Abraham, right? Yeah. Same. Because the Lord had said to Abram, "Go for okay." So for, real quick, so for those of you who might be confused, Abram was Abraham before he was Abraham. Right. right. So so God had renamed late in a couple chapters here, renamed him Abraham. His original name was Abram. So if we if you, you're like, I thought we were talking about Abraham, not Abram. They're the same guy. 
Um, so, so the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So, so guys, I want to just point out to you, there is no, there's no GPS. God doesn't, he, he, God didn't tell him where to go. Right. And what you also want to keep in mind is this was before the Bible, like before the Bible was written, like this is during Bible times, this is before the, the Holy Spirit, this was before the blood of Jesus, right? Like they, right. Abram did not have the tools right that we have today and god's command to him is just leave and he just yeah. leaves it's great well the best part is too is we yeah. have no clue who abraham was before this really right. like there's jewish tradition i i we've mentioned the story maybe not on the show but joseph and i have both heard the story and mentioned it it's i think it's jewish tradition with like uh abraham's father was an idol maker and and that all oh, that mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah. um there's a story that centers around that but that's not in the bible it's not technically right. canon we can't verify it exactly right. um but but it's just funny that you know if you're just reading the bible it's just like your introduction, your introduction to Abraham, to Abram, is that he's the son of what's his name, Terah, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah Terah. He's the son of Terah, and it just uh, it, that's all we know about him going in before verse, tw uh, before chapter twelve, and then chapter twelve starts, and it's like now the Lord said to Abram, go go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. It's so vague. It's it's like the call the call to adventure. You know, it's literally just like right. pack up and start going. You know what I mean? I just like yeah. where D don't. Don't just don't worry about that. Just go. Just yeah. go find something new. You know, just go do something something awesome. And yeah. uh, Abraham follows. He he listens. So we don't know anything about his relationship with God prior to this. We really don't. Nothing definitive. Like we, you know, he might never have heard God's voice before. But no matter what, he listened. At this particular point in his life, this message from God hit him hard, and he said, "You know what? I'm I'm gonna go." You know, it's like the equivalent yeah. of hearing like just okay, just pack your bags. Hop in the car and start driving. You're yeah, like, well, of, where do we go? <laughs> of an unknown God, right? Of a God who has no history. Like, there's no history. There's no church. There's no support system. Right? Yeah. It's just like up and dip. And I what I wouldn't have given. When I get to heaven, I promise you, I'm gonna ask for a playback of Sarah's face. Right? <laughs> her husband uh -huh. comes home or like wakes up or like whatever, and is like, "Hun, we're packing our bags. Where are we going? I don't know, but we're gonna go there." Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, man, it's, it's the, the the great question. Uh, you you hit on it. it's the question I asked earlier today as I as I read back through Genesis twelve. Is uh, let's see how it says in verse one. The Lord uh, the Lord said to Abram, "You're right." Yeah, the Lord said to Abram. The great question I've got is, how did He speak to him? You know, with Moses, you've got a burning bush, and there are so many places in Scripture where where God communicates with people, and and as they believe, or I asked the question, was was that an audible voice? Was it was it a voice in the head? Was was it uh, was was it the appearance of an angel? You know, and we don't have a lot of detail there. You know, there, there's we, we can't be dogmatic because we don't have detail there. But you're right. Uh, God called him just just out of the blue. And you think about the other places where people were called. Uh, you, you know, Mary and Joseph were called uh, set separately on separate occasions. Right. Uh, it was an angelic appearance. And um, my goodness, read, read the story of Jonah. You know, Jonah mm -hmm. was told. Jonah was told is, is a similar story. Jonah was told to go somewhere, and uh, and he really didn't want to do it. I, you know, the the twelve were called, the twelve disciples mm -hmm. were called, and we've got a lot more detail on that one. It was it was Christ who called them. Uh, but you're right. What a what a daring, bold thing that somehow, in some way, God spoke to him. And he said, "We're off. Let's go." Mm -hmm. Well, and, and think, too, I mean, like, obviously God is always working. God isn't only working at these particular, you know, 
landmarks that we have throughout the Bible throughout time. But the last time that we really hear God speaking to anyone in the Bible before this is Noah, a couple chapters beforehand, really, like talking to somebody. And then it goes through the the genealogy, and you see just how many generations it is from Noah to Abram. And like that's that's all the it's it's not that that's all that God did in history. Obviously, right? God is always working, and He's probably always speaking to people in between, of course. But the the history is not remembered. You know what I mean? And so you got to think, what did Abram know about God? Was you know what I mean? Like it's possible God talked to the descendants of Noah. Did he know that? Because we don't. You know what I mean? Like we don't know that now. That history hasn't lived on till today. So the question would be, did it live on till Abram? Or does Abram's I mean, only context that, of God from Noah, which would have been a long time before him. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's under the assumption, and here's the, the interesting part, like that's under the assumption that that um, God did anything, right? Like that God, like that God did do things, right? Like we have, you know, we have like the 400 years of silence between Mike, uh, Malachi and uh and Matthew and I wonder I don't know for sure like I said like you're saying we can't we can't verify anything right but I'm, but I'm wondering if this experience Abram has isn't the first of its kind around right. him right? If there were, but then later <laughs> on in chapter 24 right he like he talks to Abimelech and it seems like Abimelech knows God mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like it's yeah it, it's weird it's it's an interesting like there's a lot of history that's not here that I wish was no, I'm not saying that your Bible is incomplete, Lord. I'm just saying if you want to <laughs> have us dig up some excavation yeah. sites or something. Yeah, right. And and I I would go there as well. Of course, we have you know the, there there are the extra biblical sources, there are archaeological digs, and and I know that's that's not canon, but but they tell us something. And uh, you know what 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 I've been told is is uh, from what we can gather. Again, this is our best guess, but what we can gather is that Ur was a pagan place. Now I, I'm I'm with you, man. Uh, you know what I understand is that uh, Abram was a descendant of of Shem, you know, the, the son of Noah, and uh, so yeah. What was what was up there? What was he told? What was passed on him? We don't know. We'll never know. And and how was it that God spoke to him? And and uh, you know the, the the Latin is is verbum nudum. It's it's the naked word. The naked word of God came to him. That's you know, I think that's what Martin Luther said. The verbal the, the naked word of God came to him, and my goodness, he responded. But we, we do think Ur was a pagan place. We think it was a place of idol worship, and we think it was a place of human sacrifice too. Now, how much of Abram's life was, you know, was a part of that, or how much of that was a part of his life, we'll never know. Uh, but I think he was not coming from a good place, is my best guess. Right. Well, yeah, and you know yeah. what, too, in, in, in places of evil, you know, if he was living in a very evil place, yeah. the, you know, people who are able to identify evil as evil are always going to be quick to get out of it if they can. Right. If you identify evil as evil and you have a problem with it being yeah. evil. Right. Like, you know, and if you don't have a problem with it being evil, usually you don't call it evil. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you'll call it something right. else. So and so like that would give a little bit more. I don't want to say credibility. That's not exactly the right word, but it makes more sense when you hear God, God told him to do the impossible. God told him just start walking, just pick a direction and start going. And he, he followed, right? Like, because he, he, you know, the fact that maybe he knew this was wrong. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. 
and all he needed was that little shove, like, just start walking, I'll take care of you. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's all he needed. This is all skept- uh, speculation, right, right. of None course. Of but, but, yeah. But it, yeah. To go right. I do want to talk about verse two and three real quick. Yeah. Um, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make a statement that will probably get me in trouble. Right. It's one of those controversial statements. Okay. So so we know Abram was the first Hebrew, like he was the first Jewish person, right? even though they weren't called Jews yet. But they, he was, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I believe what I'm saying with my whole heart. You cannot be in the will of God and curse the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm convinced, too, you cannot be in the will of God and not bless the uh the the jewish people that mm-hmm. if that god makes it very clear here the jewish people i will bless those who bless you and i will curse those who curse you and that and we know that god is a god of covenant we know that he's the, a god of descendant and so um like for for whatever it's worth i and i live and die by this if you if you have an opportunity to bless the jewish people or the nation of israel do it and if you curse them you better repent and you better duck and cover because the lord makes it real clear yeah yeah i I tend to agree with you on that yeah 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 i i do too these these are pretty strong promises and i'm Mm -hmm. I'm looking at verses two and three right here yeah i I will make your name great yeah you know what i thought of with the i will make your name great I don't want to get us off track here. I, I thought about the celebrity pastor today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we see celebrity pastors everywhere. And, uh, you, you know, it, it seems like many of them want to make their name great. And uh, here God, God, God says, hey, I, I will make your name great. Now, I'm a pastor, uh, but there was no promise from God that my name will be great. Um, y- y- you know, I, I have been called to share the word. And, uh, and, and I'll just do that to the best of my ability. Um, but, uh, but God said he would make his name great. I'm, I'm not Jesus. I'm not Abram either. And uh, so that's a very specific promise to him, uh, I think. But I love that. Yeah, you're right. I will bless those who bless you. Uh, whoever curses you, I will curse. And this is interesting, too. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Uh, I remember my brother telling me of a conversation he had years ago. And this woman said, uh, she said, I, I can't go with that church stuff. I just, I, I can't, I don't like the idea of chosen people. Why would, why would God have a chosen people? Why would he have his favorite people? And my brother had the best response. He said, uh, basically quoted this verse. He said, uh, all peoples on earth will be blessed to you. The, the, the Jewish people were not favorites chosen just for God to do stuff for them. God chose them to bring the gospel you know, right to, to do to things universe. for others, right to bless yeah. others. Yeah, and that—that's I think that's a big key of the blessing, right? Is how often have we sat and prayed for blessing, and just totally missed the point? Because when God says, right, like I will bless you to Abraham at least specifically, right? And so this is a model to think about for yourself, right? When you're thinking, man, I really wish God would bless me. Think about why, right? Like, why does God bless people? At least with Abraham's case, God blesses Abraham specifically so that Abraham will be a blessing to others. Sure. Right. You're like you are Abraham was not being blessed for the sake of Abraham. Abraham was being blessed to pass the blessing on. Right. And I think that's key to look at for ourselves, too. Right. When you ask, like, Lord, give me a blessing so that, you know, I can go on a vacation so I can do this so I can do that. Right. Like. Just, just I don't know. It's, I think that's okay. the wrong perspective. So- I'm just going to say, Generally this, Lord, speaking. if you want to bless me with a vacation, I'll preach the gospel to everybody at that beach, that hotel. I'll sure. bless everybody there. And there you go. And there you go. That's the appropriate way to look at it. I'll take that vacation. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. But, 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 you know, some, some pretty good, you're, you're right. And some pretty good proof of that is 
Um, Abram did not see the culmination of all those promised blessings. Right. Right. He mm-hmm. didn't. I mean, you know, when we, I think when we get out of this chapter, you know, the guy's living in the tent uh, and, he, <laughs> and he sort of does, he sort of does this tour of uh, from North to South. He does this tour. He stops at these places and he, and he builds an altar and, and you get the impression of some of these stops again, that he's dealing with pagan people in Canaan. Uh, but Abram doesn't, Abram doesn't see the fulfillment of all this promise. It's, it's, it's sort of hit to his people. Mm-hmm. And my guess is Abram knew that. Especially after, after, I mean, there had to be a period of time where he, where he started to realize that, especially too, as, as we see, you know, he gets older and that this promised son is never given, right? Like for a long time, long I'm time. sure eventually you're right. He did come to that conclusion, but I mean, who wouldn't? When you first hear that call from God, I'm going to bless you. Who wouldn't wake up the next morning thinking like, it's today, you know, <laughs> like right, today's yeah, the day. Would, like who would. wouldn't do that? Like, we, you know, yeah, so there was, there was definitely a period of time though, after a while where I'm sure the doubt, the hopelessness, the like despair of like, God, I haven't seen anything but sand for four days. <laughs> just kind of hit and he's just waiting. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like for this promise to be fulfilled. Um, I don't want to downplay Abram's, sure. uh, sacrifice because he really did like you know what i mean like you think about it he gave up everything and just followed god right he i mean like he took his wife he took his family right but like he gave up everything that he knew and took a bold chance mm-hmm. right like maybe that was just you know like uh the ebenezer scrooge line the undigested bit of beef or maybe it was the voice of god right <laughs> like like either he knew either he knew right like and he followed or it was just an act of faith i, I mean honestly either way it's an act of faith but yeah, no, absolutely. And just to, to go into that, I think that's a good segue into the latter half of this chapter. In verse 10, it says, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abraham right. went down to Egypt to live there for a while. The famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, Sarai, I know that you, what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me but will let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake mm-hmm. and my life will be spared because of you. And I want to just, I want to talk about, this is one of my favorite yeah. stories <laughs> in the Bible. Like, Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. great. And I love mm-hmm. it. And I love it because you have in one chapter, you have Abraham, man of faith, willing to go to a place he doesn't know. And then Abraham, pimp, Right. Like, that's what he's doing. He's pimping out his wife. That's right. right? Um, he's literally saying, like, I know you're going to get taken. I know you're going to be, you know, taken to this sleazy pharaoh. Right. Like, say you're my sister. Right. And um, and I think it's great because it shows that that faith and maturity do not always share the same home. Sure. That you can have good faith and bad maturity. Uh, and this is a, and and God's faithfulness is still in the midst of it. Um, and we're going to find out what happens. The other thing I want to just say, and I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want to insult anybody who's listening. Um, but I'm also going to say it because I believe it. Right. When Abraham says uh, and as he or when it says as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know what a what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say this is his wife. All right, there is um, an entire, I, I know too many people, too many Christians today who say um, to their wives or their daughters or their sisters, you have to be ugly. Like there is a godliness in being ugly. That is not biblical. Like if, if Abraham's the father of faith, right, then, the, then the, the best way that we can describe Sarah or Sarai is the mother of faith. And it says she was beautiful. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, and this is true for both men and women, right? Like, good Lord, like, like shave, you know what I mean? To get a haircut, right? Put on makeup, whatever. Like the Lord created beauty um, to be, you yeah. know, to be beautiful. Yeah. And so I just want to say that from, from, and we can see this, not just in Sarah, with Sarah, right? Like with Sarah, it's Sarah, it's Rebecca, it's, Rebecca. it's Rachel. Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all of them. They're, right. They're, right. Yeah, it's it's all of them. It's like, and they were very beautiful, and she was mm-hmm. very beautiful. And so, if you're a Christian woman and you're listening to this story, and you're you're you grew up in that Christian part of the of of denomination or whatever that mm-hmm. says, hey, you have to be ugly or you have to degrade yourself. Don't believe that. That's not godliness. Right. And the other aspect of that too is if you're listening to the story and you're a woman and you say, wow, Abraham was a scumbag who like pimped out his wife. I want to encourage you. God did not let it happen. And we're going to find out what happened because God cares about the women too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, no, I, I agree with you fully on the, the beauty aspect of things as well. I think, I think something that the, the church gets a bad rap for a lot of things right now, because we're living in a period of time where everybody wants to deconstruct faith and deconstruct the church and tear down everything and basically say everything the church has done in the last you know, 100 years or so is bad. Everything's bad. We, we need to change it all. And, you know, one of the first things everybody brings up in this sense is this, like, purity culture or the modesty, basically how women are treated. Um, and it's always a touchy subject, which is why, like, like I don't want to necessarily dwell on it for too long. It's half um, the chapter. You can dwell I, on I know, it. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, but I, I agree with you, Joseph, right? You don't, you, like, don't, degrade yourself you don't have to look ugly you don't have to like i agree with all of that um but i i also want to say i think in a lot of cases um and it's it's a tough you know i don't i don't necessarily have a solution but it's also fair to point out you know what what people who espouse this purity culture or this modesty behavior what they're trying to prevent and understand that i think as christians we need to stop having this kind of like legislation of like you have to wear this you can't wear makeup you have to you can't wear dress or you can't wear pants you have to wear skirts like all this kind of stuff i think we need to stop the legislation and just have more verbal communication like just talk with people talk with them about lust talk with them about sex talk with them about modesty right like lay it all out because when you just put rules down people are right it does a lot of damage it can do a lot of damage when you're told what to do and not why to do it Right. Paul says it, right? He says the law always creates death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I believe that's true universally, like the law in general. And to be clear, well, wisdom gonna... doesn't come from law. And this is this right. is where I come from is just like mm-hmm. sit down and talk with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I share my ideas. Yeah. You share your ideas. We've both grown in wisdom. Right. Like that's right. that's that's this idea. Just saying this is the rule. You have to follow it. This is why on anything on anything. Yeah. 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 Not just my, that and, does and not produce gonna... wisdom. That does not produce maturity. Yeah, we are not we are not advocating for promiscuous behavior or promiscuous right. dress either. Don't hear us say correct. That's correct. Not what we're saying, yeah. right? But what we are saying is that the like to create a law, right, about modesty, and we're not even modesty about like looking like specifically not trying to look your best for the sake of modesty is not biblical. Like we see here that that Sarah had just be- she was just beautiful. Like she was yeah. okay. So Abraham yeah. was sixty five. And we know that she was, or no, he was 75. He was 75, and, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was 65 because we find out later that he, she's 10 years younger than him. And she was hot. 
Like she was a hot 65, hot enough to get the attention of a king who could get whoever yeah. he wanted, you know. Um, and and I also would adopt the the practice too. Well, let's let's find out what happens because I don't want to run out of time here for the actual story of what happened. Um, and so it's starting in verse 14. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw Sarai was very beautiful, a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abraham well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here's your wife, take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. And there's, there's two things that I wanna point out here. If you are a, a lady or your woman, right? A daughter or of God, and you are listening to this and you don't believe that God will protect you. Maybe you didn't have a good father figure growing up, or maybe you were taught that women were lesser than men. Listen, God will wreck a king to protect you. You are precious in his sight. God will mess someone up to watch over you. And, and, and I'm telling you this right now. Um, one of the things that annoys me most in our culture is when people say that the Bible is sexist uh, or treat or degrades women, because when you read the Bible and you actually read it, God messes people up for messing with his daughters. Like, like boys will brawl, right? Like brothers, they'll brawl, but you touch his, one of his little girls and it's like light. Um, and then the other thing, yeah. I don't know if I, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't want to dominate the conversation. So <laughs> if you guys want to say anything additionally to that. Yeah, well, I, I would say, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And even in the, even in the New Testament, uh, and I often make this statement, it, 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 even in the New Testament, um, you know, God, God was doing things with with gender uh, that, that were not happening in culture around them. I mean, you, you know, the things that Paul uh, was saying even in even in Ephesians, you know, he was he was elevating the position of women, and uh, I'm I'm with you. The idea that the, the Bible is, is sexist or trying to keep women down, no, no, no. Even in the New Testament, he was he was lifting women yeah. up. For goodness' sakes, look at the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Who 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 am I that you would call me? I mean, she he took the lowest and lifted them up, and took the highest and put them down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And not to get off topic in general, but one other thing I want to just add on to that in the New Testament, for anybody who doesn't believe that women should be in leadership in the church, the first evangelist was the woman at the well. A five times divorced woman was the first evangelist in the Bible. It says she went out, shared her testimony, and many came to believe through her. And so, and so just to, to piggyback off of that, not only does he value women, but if you're a woman and you're listening right now and you're like, I feel like I have a call to ministry. That call is valid. That call is legitimate and pray into that and, and believe for that. Um, but back to, back, oh, I'm sorry. What? I said, good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just back to Abraham. So, uh, so we don't get too far off track here. The other thing I want to point out here, and it's weird. And I want to be careful how I say this, because I don't want to encourage bad behavior, but Abraham never gets rebuked for this. Like he gets camels. <laughs> Like, right. uh, um, she, like God is never like, don't do this, Abraham. In fact, Abraham does right. it again in a couple chapters here. And, and it's right. one of those really interesting things um, that I think speaks to God 
about how he works with us in the moments we can handle. Like maybe Abraham wouldn't have been able to handle it in that moment if God was like, you're an idiot. Like, how could you do that? And whacked him upside the head with, you know, snapped him upside the head. Just um, just need to be very clear. We are not condoning pimping, pimping out, out your out. wife. Yeah, we are not, <laughs> we are not, not condoning. We cannot be more clear about this. But no, you're 100%, <laughs> but you're 100% right. Yeah, I've, I've got a, a few thoughts about that. Um, I've actually got several thoughts about that. First off, as the chapter closes, um, you know who is uh, the figures that you feel sympathy for? Um, one is is Pharaoh. You know, you, you do look at Pharaoh a little bit. And you think, oh, poor guy. You know, he got he got tricked. And uh, and, and you look at Sarah, of course. And you think, oh, poor Sarah. So I, I, you're, you're right. You, you never see where God sort of slaps them up the head, uh, up the side of the head. But, uh, but, but you do. I, I felt like in the chapter that, uh, that Abram doesn't come out smelling like roses. And, uh, and I he has a he very he. You feel you almost feel embarrassed for him after I, after the Pharaoh. Like for me, when I read this, and Pharaoh says why did you say she's my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now, uh, right. now then here is your wife, take her and go. Like it, right. you almost feel like embarrassed. Right. Like he's just been like, you yeah. know, outed in front of the whole class. Right. And now he's just like, just told to walk to the back of the class and leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you almost right. feel embarrassed for him where it's like, I th- he knows what he did was wrong. You know what I mean? Like I, you almost feel right. that we're not told that, but you almost feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, sure. maybe that's me inferring my feelings into the text. <laughs> right. Sure. But that's, that's how I read it. No, I absolutely agree with you that Abraham does not come out looking great, like in this story. Right. right. So don't hear me say that. Like, I completely mm-hmm. agree with you guys. But I look at this like a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be totally wrong. But like in my reading of this, I use this scripture a lot, the story a lot to be like, Lord, when I don't know what else to do, I'm going to do the best that I can. And you're going to have to clean up the rest. Right. And I'm once again, yeah. not advocating pimping out your, your, your uh, wife. Um, but, but just saying like, among hey, other things, <laughs> among other things. Yeah. well, Joseph, I, I, I would, I appreciate your point. I, I think you said that well. And, and I, you know, even, even back to the beginning of that section, I think is, is verse 10 is there's a famine in the land, uh, you know, and we didn't really talk about that. I know we don't have unlimited time, but it looks to me like, uh, Abram's faith broke down a little bit. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think the symbolism of him going to Egypt is I think symbolically he's going to a bad place. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have the conversation, but did God release him from the land he initially sent him to? He goes to Egypt, and uh, t- typically in Scripture, those that go to Egypt kind of find bad things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and then there's the situation with, uh, with, with Sarah. And what I kept thinking is, is maybe, I, I guess I, I'm— saying something similar to what you just said, maybe I'm saying it a little bit differently, is, uh, is, is Abram was a complex, messy guy, and uh, God found it to redeem the situation. Um, you know, and I say that a good, good bit from the stage, is, uh, you know, we are messy people sometimes. And, and, and his faith was growing. Abram's faith was growing. Again, we don't know what, we don't know what he grew up in, in Ur, uh, but he's becoming something. He's not there yet. Right, and like any man of God in the Bible, he's he makes mistakes. You know what I mean? Like look mm-hmm. at look at David, look at Noah, look at everybody. He makes mistakes. You know, and, and not 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 to condone him or brush past him. Like oh, it's nothing. It is something, but yeah. it but you know it's a learning experience. It's 
you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you can't leave out the messy parts just cause you don't like talking about them. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. And, and I know we haven't gotten there in the story, but I, it is pre- it is prevalent in the chapter, mm-hmm. right? Just to what you're saying about like um, Abram being messy, mm-hmm. we we see a little later on that he gets himself into trouble with a, um, an Egyptian slave named uh, Hagar, and the question needs mm-hmm. to be asked: Where did he get the the Egyptian slave from, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we can see here one of the things that he got were male and female slaves, and so I I feel comfortable at least saying like had he not gone right. to Egypt and get gotten himself into this uh, this first situation. The second situation with Hagar, which we're gonna find out about in a couple of chapters, mm-hmm. could have also been avoided, which would have changed yeah. the course of history and human history yeah. um, as it is now. So yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely- there's I mean, definitely anything that happened history. way back then would have altered the course of history for right. everyone. Well, not what I mean. I mean like <laughs> different kinds of alterations. No, I know, <laughs> I know what you mean. In a yeah. very real way, in a very, in a very real, real way that we could way. all potentially imagine you know what i mean like it's yeah 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 joseph you're right though um yeah later on when the troubles come from having this other woman you know in the household i'm with you you say where did that woman came from it was probably that time he ran down to egypt yeah Mm -hmm. and uh and and you know it's it's interesting too that um uh, abram is enriched through the whole process it looks like I, I think he's given herds and you know abram is enriched through the process and pharaoh says hey be good to this guy I've, I've, i'm marrying or taking his uh sister um so so you you said wow he got wealthy through it and he still ended up with his wife at the end but i thought about the scene you know and and scripture doesn't say this but is there this scene where abram's standing there with his herds and flocks and he's watching his beautiful wife walk off with another man. You know, that that's a sad little scene there. And that's in essence yeah. what happened. He got the herds and flocks and Pharaoh got his wife. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you understand that, like in the context of, of um, Proverbs, right? Like a wife is worth like a, a good wife is worth more than rubies and diamonds. Sure. Right. Yeah. I would definitely. I mean, like, it's the second half of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's literally his second half. Mm-hmm. yeah no doubt no doubt that must have been a, a good chunk of his soul um, is like entwined with hers conversation mm-hmm. between abram and and sarah when she got back yeah right like yeah like that must have been a. that's another one that i'm going to ask for on uh 4k when i get to heaven <laughs> well, let's well, see I, that I, episode <laughs> i do not think that god took abram to canaan to die right no. uh, he, he he panics he panics and his faith breaks down. He runs to Egypt. What yeah. I kept thinking today is, God, hey, God, God didn't bring you here to die. God didn't ask you to make this 800-mile move to die here in Canaan. The other thing is, uh, you know, somehow, somehow in some way, Abram forgot the promises of God. And uh, that's one of my big takeaways is remember the promises of God because they're all over Scripture. And when fear and panic or whatever sets in with the three of us, it's easy to forget the promises of God. Yeah. I think it's, it's just a great story. At the, at the beginning, uh, Abram's up. And then at the end of the chapter, Abram's down. And, uh, and, and then, you know, he, do, he does this again with Sarah. I think it's in chapter 20. He does this again. And then his, and then his son, like, like, like father, like son, you know, his, his son does it again. I think it's Genesis 26 that Isaac does it. But where I take, uh, if I want to feel better about myself, I look at some of the mistakes the disciples made. And 
Abram was one of our, we call him one of the patriarchs. And, uh, you know, these men uh, were not perfect. They were a work in progress. But um, Abraham comes to remember the promises of God. You know, and we have that in scripture too. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Uh, In my father's house are many mansions. You know, there are all these great promises in scripture. And, uh, and, and I think when, when fear sets in, when, panic, when, when the famine hits, are we going to run to Egypt or do we remember the promises of God? And uh, thank goodness for these, thank goodness for these narratives um, that they, they show us, they point us to a better way than what Abram did. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, well guys, uh, thank you so much. And thank you Condi for coming on. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this right now, listening to this like right now, and you feel maybe like you're Abram, right? You're being called on a journey with God and you've never met him before. Um, and you don't have a support system currently. I just want to encourage you to follow Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus and you want to follow him, just repeat this prayer after me, uh, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I accept you into my heart and where you lead, I will follow. And if you just prayed that prayer with us today, thank you so much. Congratulations. You're born again. You're a son or daughter of God. Get connected with a good church or a bad church because just being in church is important and get connected. Find a Bible, find an old Bible, a new Bible, a hard to read Bible or an easy Bible because the Bible is good to have as well. And uh, and yeah, we, we love you and we look forward to uh, hearing from you and uh, for you for you to hear from us next week. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. And for everyone out there who, who might be in a situation where, you know, you like Joseph just mentioned, those of you who he's talking to already, the, the those of you who just accepted Jesus or just recently, right, have accepted Christ, use it, let Abraham be a, 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 a nice uh, reminder that even the men of faith that we hold to, you know, such high esteem up there with, you know, Daniel, who's my personal biblical hero, <laughs> uh, people like Abraham, even he made mistakes in his times of uh, immaturity, in just spiritual immaturity, his spiritual youth, right? Even he made mistakes, and look what God could do, not because of Abraham's sins, but in spite of, through the correction of, and through the growth that Abraham will go on in the rest of this study that, that we're, that we're going to dive into. So I just want to thank you all for listening. Condi, thank you for joining us. Joseph, talk to you next week. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, I hope we talk before then. But uh, well, we, Yeah, I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> We'll we'll see you all next week. Have a good one. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the view of Butler Media Productions or any of its officials. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on this podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent.